Welcome back to another commodity market update brought to you by the team from Mikaro.com.au. Today will be myself, Andrew Whitelaw. I'll be talking a bit about the ASX and a little bit about the GM moratorium in South Australia. And we'll have Olivia covering off on cattle. So this week we have seen a large rise in the ASX wheat futures, which has been flowing through into physical prices, which for, for many farmers in Victoria who are just getting started into wheat and barley in the, in the south will be welcome. So end of last week, the average price for ASX was 344. This week, we are averaging $349 a tonne, which is a pretty good level. It's up, up well on last month. The reality is that uh, a lot of contracts are looking like they are being rolled into uh, future contract dates so we are seeing the obviously the expiry of swaps and people are now taking out uh, futures for uh, for further contracts further dated contracts which allows you know a lot of feed consumers to uh, continue to have uh, some uh, some cover without actually buying the physical grain going to talk a little bit about the uh, the GM moratorium in South Australia so this is something that has been going on for quite some time. We wrote reports on it uh, in, a, in last year, and this time last year, actually, uh, I was uh, quizzed by uh, South Australian MPs on on the GM premium, or the uh, or the the lack of a premium for being a, uh, a GM free state. And there's a lot of uh, misinformation out there when it comes to GM crops. From an economic point of view, there's a lot of uh, arguments that we shouldn't grow GM crops because there is a discount to GM. The reality is, though, that just because you grow GM crops in the state of South Australia, if you did, it doesn't mean that your canola would all be GM. We know that for a fact that wouldn't happen because it doesn't happen in any of the other states. And the reality is that when we actually compare on an apples for apples basis, we don't get a strong premium in South Australia for its canola, its wheat, its barley, or any of its other agricultural products versus any of the other states which grow GM in coexistence with non-GM. So the reality is that if GM was allowed in South Australia, other than being an extra tool in the in the in the chest for for growers to use, I don't think that it would have a huge difference to to the returns. It's not going to make suddenly South Australia have a massive discount to the the rest of the country. It just wouldn't happen. The reality is it doesn't make any difference. So we've seen it in the past that there's a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of people who are activists against genetically modified crops use this uh, this spread to GM. And one of those uh, comments made and uh, sent to many MPs in a letter were that uh, Western Australian farmers were avoiding GM because it's at a $100 discount. The reality is that's not quite the case. Yes, it has been at some strong discounts this year, but overall, it's nowhere near the $100 discount 
on average, since 2012, it's actually a $31 discount. And farmers are not stupid. They're only going to grow it if it has some value. And uh, if you take into account that $31 on average, then uh, you have to work up with your agronomist whether it's worthwhile growing it or not. So my view is that, well, they've... Uh, they've extended that ban, or they've uh, not managed to get any changes through the parliament, uh, and I think it's uh, you know it's going to be a lack of choice for producers going forward. I'm going to pass you off to Olivia now, who's going to cover off on the cattle market. Thanks for that, Andrew. Uh, I'm going to talk a bit about cow prices this week in just a short update, largely because the prices tanked this week or continued to tank. Uh, about a month ago, cow prices were over 500 cents and almost just about at the same level as the Eastern Young Cattle Indicator. So this week, the Queensland cow indicator fell another 22 cents and that hit it just down to six-month lows. And that was really driven from pretty dire weather conditions in Queensland and another very uninspiring forecast um, that just continued to see more cattle moving into the market. So that meant slaughter hit another peak last week. Um, For the East Coast, it moved to new highs that weren't seen since 2015. Uh, Yardings were uh, lower last week on the back of those lower prices, but are still very strong for this time of year. So what this tells us is that we've got plenty of cattle going direct and processes have definitely filled up, so they just don't need to bid up at the sale yards to capture that supply. Another added pressure to cow prices this week was the falling 90CL export prices, uh, which is our frozen beef that goes mostly to the US market and some to China as well, and it's really that hamburger-style ground ground meat that they get. So the, the 90CL peaked at 9.68 just two weeks ago, and it's now dropped off by 40 cents. So we tend to find buyers take a bit of a break in the US um, after Thanksgiving, so it's it's nothing out of the ordinary to see those prices fall down, um, and it's still well above historic levels for the 90CL. Um, looking over on the West Coast, though, um, cattle prices moved in the complete op- opposite direction to the East Coast um, for young and old cattle. We saw cattle prices were up, and they're now actually at a premium to the East Coast levels. Um, Looking ahead at the next few weeks, there isn't any rain on the forecast leading up to Christmas, which isn't great news for prices. Uh, We do often see a bit of a shift in cattle prices between between, um, the calendar year, as it either rains or it doesn't. So um, good northern rain would obviously a strong move upwards in price, but the forecast isn't looking too promising so far. So that's it for my recap this week. Uh, Thanks very much for listening in and we'll be back with you next week. Thanks.